0: Welcome to the Your Take Podcast. Welcome on in Episode 5 of the Your Take Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Stern, and today we'll be debating which finals run is more impressive. Allen Iverson carrying the 2001 Sixers to the finals, or LeBron James carrying the 2007 Cavaliers to the finals. But before we get into our debate, let's quickly recap last time where we debated which Who would you rather build a franchise around, Luka Doncic or Zion Williamson? For me personally, Luka is an absolute beast. He's an MVP candidate in just his second year in the league. He's going to be an all-NBA first-teamer. He's putting up numbers that have never been seen before by players so young. But Zion is just an athletic freak. He's broken records in his first 19 games in the league already. For me, if this was 2K and I could turn off injuries, I'd be taking Zion all day. But right now, if I had to pick with injuries accounted for... Luka Doncic is my man. He's got the higher, he's got the safer floor, in my opinion. And we've already seen what he can do in only two seasons in the league, and he still has even more room for potential. Now let's get into our debate poll results. Congratulations to Jack Quigley, who actually argued that Zion Williams is going to be the better player to build around. He received 56% of the votes. So congrats to him. And now let's get into today's debate. And today we'll be debating a topic that many of you have probably not not thought about before. Which finals run is more impressive? Allen Iverson carrying the 2001 Sixers to the finals, or LeBron James carrying the 2007 Cavaliers to the finals. What makes this topic so interesting is both AI and LeBron carried two teams with very poor supporting cast to the finals. For AI, it was probably the best season of his career statistically speaking as he won MVP. For LeBron, it wasn't his best season from a statistical perspective, but it was the best team he ever, ever carried to a finals. Both teams wound up coming up just a little bit short, losing to two of the best dynasties the NBA has ever seen. The Sixers fell to the Lakers in the second year of their three-peat, and the Cavaliers lost to a Spurs team that was winning their third ring in five years. So now we've kind of introduced the topic, let's meet our debaters, starting with the man who will be representing LeBron and the 2007 Cavaliers, Brad Lewis.
1: Yeah, how's it going? My name is Brad. I graduated from Indiana University a few months ago and I'm originally from Cincinnati, so I grew up supporting all the Ohio sports teams, and obviously for basketball, that meant the Cavs. And as we'll talk about in a little bit, because those Cavs' rosters were so terrible, that meant I was really just a LeBron fan. Uh, So I grew up a huge fan of everything he did for Cleveland, for that
0: team, uh, for the game of basketball. I'm excited to talk about it today. And now let's introduce the man who'll be representing AI in the 2001 Sixers, Harrison Saul.
2: Hey, I'm Harrison. I just graduated from Penn State University recently. Grew up in Lower Marion Township, right by Philadelphia. Um, big fan of all four Philadelphia sports teams, especially the Sixers. Alan Iverson ha- happens to be one of my favorite players of all time across any sport, so happy to talk about this.
0: All right, so Brad won the coin toss, elected to go first. So, Brad, start us off and tell me why you think LeBron's finals run with the Cavs in 07 is more impressive than what the answer did with the Sixers in 2001. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, it's it's pretty simple. The way I look at it, there's two ways you can think about who had a more impressive performance. There's who had the worst team, and that's probably the bulk of what we'll talk about, who had the worst roster, had to carry less experienced players, worst teammates to the finals. The other thing is who had more impressive individual performance. We're talking throughout the entire regular season, throughout the entire playoffs, and then little things they did, whether it was one game here and there, uh, crucial performance in a clutch game five in the playoffs. And what you'll see is that LeBron wins both of those. He played with far worse teammates, Um, Both in terms of skill and in terms of experience in the league, experience in the playoffs, experience in big game situations like they had to deal with that, like they had to deal with that season, excuse me. And he also um, averaged more rebounds, assists, had a higher field goal percentage and a better plus minus than AI did throughout the entire regular season that year and throughout the playoffs. So we'll get more into it, more into some of the details later, but it's pretty simple when you just look at the rosters. Objectively, you can see that Cavs roster is worse. And then when you look at everything LeBron did statistically, on top of that, it's hard to argue that there was any team that worse that was taken to the finals by a more impressive performance than what LeBron did in 07 with the Cavs.
0: So now, and now it's here's the debate and the opening statement from the man who'll be representing AI in the 2001 Sixers. So Harrison, tell me why the Sixers' run was more impressive than what, what so who, the player that many people consider to be the GOAT, LeBron, did in 2007.
2: So right now, for the story you're getting. May seem like Allen Iverson's road to the finals was easy. Um, but, you know, just to to start my introduction off, I want to, you know, make this a little bit of a story. So, in the summer right before that 2000 2001 season, uh, the Sixers organization was nearly falling apart. Um, two seasons prior to this, they had it was either 17 or 18 win season, um, and they had been first round exits the two years before that. Um, You know, they kept running into teams like Toronto, Indiana, Milwaukee, and New Jersey, um, who had shut them out. Uh, And their new coach at the time, Larry Brown, who had just been there uh, for two years, uh, was butting heads with Allen Iverson, uh, who you know, who's this guy from the streets, you know, who brought this new culture to the NBA, this new style of play.
1: Um,
2: And things weren't working out between the two. And it was in the midst of this offseason that the Sixers actually were about to trade Allen Iverson away to the Pistons. However, the big white guy, Matt Geiger, off the bench halted his trade when he wouldn't waive his no-trade clause. And this was the beginning of the most, one of the most miraculous seasons seen by any player ever in the NBA in 6-foot-flat, 165-pound, on Iverson. Iverson, throughout this season, managed to put up 31 points per game, one of only seven players in the 2000s uh, to put up over 30 points per game. Two and a half steals per game has also led the league. 3.6 rebounds per game and 3.8 assists. Um, and this was all while playing 40 42 minutes a game in, a, in 71 regular season appearances. And this season was a true test um, of Allen's talent as he found himself on a team that was stripped away of all other scorers, um, you know, Larry Hughes recently and Jerry Stackhouse, who was traded for Theo Ratliff, Aaron McKee, Aaron McKee and Eric Montrast. Um And they picked up Eric Snow so Allen could be moved from point guard to shooting guard, something that was new to him, but they felt could uh, allow him to score the most. And there are a bunch of, you know, bumps in the road for Allen Iverson. Starting big man Theo Rileff, who was the second-highest scorer on the team, was hurt 61 games into the season, and they had to trade him and Tony Kukoc, the only good three-point scorer, and the only other player who was averaging over 12 points per game for the season, away to the Hawks for Dikemi Mutombo. And despite this, Allen Iverson led the Sixers to an NBA appearance uh, where they were able to give the Lakers their only loss in the playoffs in the middle of their um, three-peat scoring title, all-star game MVP, all while he was uh, the only Sixers player to average more than 12 points per game on that whole entire roster. And the Sixers were still the second-best record in the league at 56 wins, and they made it all the way to the finals, like I said, where, you know, he solidified his performance in history with a step over of Teron Liu. So, you know, just before we get into the arguing... Alan Iverson's 2001 campaign was run ridden with injuries, both within himself and on the team. Uh, and in contrast, LeBron's 2006-07 campaign, which was also similarly his fourth NBA season, featured a much less competitive Eastern Conference, where the Cavs still had a worse record and finished second in the league. Um, I mean, second in the East, which was much weaker. Um, and overall in the league, they also finished fifth. Um, when you take a deeper look at this, Allen Iverson, he, was, he won MVP for a reason. LeBron got zero first-place votes. That's all I have to say.
0: All right, guys. Th- uh, thank you for those opening statements. Great to hear both of your opinions. So one of you guys want to start off defending your take, maybe respond to the other person and explain why your guy had the had the more impressive run?
1: Yeah, I want to talk about one thing you said. So you said they had to trade for Dikembe and Mutombo and despite this, made it all the way to the final. I, despite having to come in with Tumble, I think that's a ridiculous thing to say. He was a Hall of Famer, one of the greatest big men of all time, who happened to be an All-Star in that season. Yes, you had to trade away injured All-Star, Theo Rallick, but you traded him for another All-Star. He also won,
0: he also added, won Defensive Player of the Year, Brad. Just wanted to throw that in
1: there. Also, thank you. Also on Defensive Player of the Year. You added an All-Star Hall of Famer to your roster, and you're saying despite that, he was able to bring them through to the finals. I think having a Kemi Mutombo alone solidifies this argument in favor of LeBron. Let's look at who some of the people were on both these teams and look at some of their stats. But if, one of, it, go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. If, if you're
2: looking at how they were supporting the players, though, if you're looking at the Cavs, meanwhile, while well, Anderson Varejao or Big Z never won a defensive player of the year, Big Z was still an all-star. He still averaged, I think, it was uh, upwards of 16 or 17 one season. And Varsho well, too was a man who could score. What'd you say?
1: He wasn't All Star in 07, though. The count- yeah, he
2: wasn't. He, was he was either a year or two before that. And I think that when the help comes in, sure, the Sixers were a very defensively sound team. When it came to scoring, Theo Ratliff, um, you know, he he could shoot a little bit. He could he could crash the rim. He wasn't like Dikembe who could just block shots. Um, the Sixers had to make a last second trade, and. It changed the whole roster up. That whole team is still... Allen Iverson was playing with more new players than LeBron James was.
1: Yeah, I mean, sure. He made some trades. was still average double digits that year in points and rebounds. And when you look at plus-minus for a bunch of these players, so really just, like, how well the team fared while they were on the court, only two guys other than LeBron on that Cavs team had a positive plus-minus. That means they couldn't even feel the starting five full of people who were valuable additions to the court for that team. AI had eight other players besides him, nine including him on that roster that had a positive plus minus. That's a far deeper team full of guys who are actually helping or actually valuable to have on the court in addition to him, whereas LeBron had to shoulder all of this burden of being the only guy amongst two, maybe two others on the court who were actually creating a valuable impact. For the team.
2: But, but it's at this point that, you know, you have to look at that Allen Iverson playing 42 minutes per game. There was only six minutes of the game that he was off the court. Um, so maybe you could also say that that plus-minus of his teammates was a reflection of his ability um, to be, you know, prolific on the court and be the lifeline of the offense.
1: Sure, and I mean, and he scored more than LeBron, but he didn't anymore. I think if you look at efficiency, like LeBron shot a higher field goal percentage all year, and yeah, he scored less, but it's because he shot less and averaged eight assists a game almost and got other players involved. And so just... A.I. was out there chucking up 40, 50 shots a game. And, of course, he was going to win the scoring title and even the MVP because he's fun to watch. He's putting up explosive numbers. But LeBron was out there doing it efficiently and doing it with fewer guys on the team to help him out.
2: But Allen Iverson, um, you know, he was still shooting upwards of 40% from the field. And then in the playoffs, he knocked it up. When he's in the finals, he shot 40% from the field. Um, I mean, why was it that LeBron, when it came to the playoffs everything went down, even his,
1: his shooting averages. Well, so, I mean, LeBron, both of those players in their playoffs led the entire playoffs that season in points and assists. Right. Um, LeBron Le- LeBron, averaged 25, 8, and 8 throughout the playoffs. AI And he had a positive plus-minus, it was 3.6. AI had a zero plus-minus throughout the playoffs. So, yeah, he put up 33 points a game. There's only five rebounds, only six assists, and a zero plus-minus throughout the entire playoffs. Whereas LeBron, 25, 8, and 8, 3.6 plus minus. I just think, it was according to the numbers, he was just way more valuable on the court, whether it's in the regular season or the playoffs. And again, he was doing it with guys who were less valuable in addition to him.
2: I think that it's in, you know, when you bring up things like plus minus, you have to look at how how injured Allen Iverson was, you know, throughout the season. Uh, he, had, he had a hip injury. He had elbow bursitis. He had a knee sprain, and it was in Game 7 of the second round of the playoffs that he did re-aggravate that shoulder sprain. And then he still came out, and in Game 1 of the conference finals, he played 42 minutes. Then he played 48 minutes in, the, in Game 2. So it, it's, a sh- it's a show of heart. This guy put everything out there, and, and the stats don't show everything.
1: Yeah, but I, so that's part of why I just sort of looked at some of the other players on the teams and some of the individual performances, and so... We talked about Matumbo already, but there were two different guys throughout the starting five that season who had been All-Stars in their career or were All-Stars. Cavs only had one other guy who had ever been an All-Star, and it was two years ago um, from their starting five who had been an All-Star team. And then we look at what they were able uh, to, to do individually. To fair, yes, they
0: did AI. only play with one All-Star at a time because they did trade. They, 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 they they
2: had- and and if, we're, if you want to look at this from a scoring standpoint, too, Allen Iverson played with, you know, only one player or two players that had ever even went over 11 or 12 points per game in their career. Um, Meanwhile, Allen Iverson, while Larry... I mean, for LeBron, while Larry Hughes never was an all-star, he still did post over 20 points per game at at points in his career. And uh, over his career, I'm sure he's between 15 and 20 points per game. You got guys like Daniel Marshall, who averaged over 15 points per game at points in their career. Uh, I think it's worth noting that Allen Iverson was pushed out of his conference out of his comfort zone, needing to chuck up threes. And this was also the 2001 season was the last season that the the three-second rule was allowed. So for a a guy his size that couldn't shoot, it's pretty miraculous that, you know, he had to go up against guys like Shaq that could just park themselves under the hoop.
1: And just to be fair, this was year eight of Larry Hughes, year 12 of Donnell Marshall. So if we're talking primes, they might have been a little bit outside of that. but. Even we can go away from some of the other players that they played with because we can kind of go back and forth on that. I also want to look at things they did specifically in the playoffs to get guys, to get their team all the way into the finals. And, yes, I know AX averaged more points, but I don't think you can not mention what LeBron did in the finals against Chauncey Bills' Pistons, one of the better teams the NBA had seen throughout that decade and putting up in a crucial Game 5 tied 2-2 25 straight points and 29 of the last 30 for the Cavs to win that game in double overtime and then end up winning game six and taking the series and going all the way to the finals. That just shows that when he needs to put on, you know, put his foot on the gas and take all the, he was able to do that just like AI was. And when he needed to take a back seat, shoot well, and average eight assists a game, even with nobody around him, he could do that too.
0: I think uh, getting into the playoffs a little bit, we kind of can see two kind of different, I think LeBron was a little more consistent in the 07 playoffs than AI was. But I think A.I. definitely had some, maybe some higher highs, but also some lower lows as well. You kind of look at LeBron, kind of focus back in on that Pistons series, as Brad was talking about. The, the Cavaliers returned to Cleveland down 2-0 in the series and, went, and went, went on to win three straight games. From Game 3 to Game 5, LeBron averaged 35 points, 9 assists, over 8 rebounds, and shot 52% from the floor over those three games to bring the Cavs back from a 2-0 deficit to eventually win the series 4-2, as Brad mentioned in that crucial Game 5 he dropped 48 points in double overtime to kind of give the Cavs control of the series and ultimately win, win in advance to the finals. You kind of take a look at Allen Iverson. You see some crazy games as well, but he would a lot of the time follow up those crazy games with some much poorer performances. For example, in game two of the, of the Eastern Conference semifinals against the Toronto Raptors, Allen Iverson scored 54 points, which is tied for the 11th most ever in a playoff game. And the Sixers won Game 2 after being down 1-0. However, he responded in Game 3 by going 7 for 22, posting a minus 20 differential. The Sixers get blown out. In Game 5, and the series was tied 2-2, AI dropped 52 points, which was tied for the 17th most all-time in a playoff game. But he responded in Game 6 by going 6 for 24, minus 20 differential, and the Raptors forced the Game, si- forced the game 7 with the Sixers ultimately won to get, to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. But there again were some, some big highs and big lows in that Buck series. Uh, as well. I, specifically, uh, Game 2, AI goes 5 for 26. Game 5, AI goes 5 for 27. He did put up 46 in Game 6 and 44 in Game 7, but there were those really low moments as well that he had that LeBron definitely did not have as weak of shoot performances as as AI, did. He, although he did have some, some not-so-great games as well, but they were both young players at the time.
2: I would say the finals was a pretty low performance where they only managed to break 80 yeah, points. I,
1: I remember the argument being who took a worse team, what was more impressive getting to the finals. So we could, yeah, credit to AI for taking a game from that Lakers, but we are talking about who's more impressive getting to the finals, not what happened once they got there. And I don't think the finals is part of it.
2: I think you have to look at the season overall. I think being for Allen, you can't just wipe away the achievement of being able to say that, you know, they, they went into the Staples Center and gave Shaq and Kobe they're only loss in that whole playoff run. Uh, and, and you know, while Allen Iverson did have some bad games, it was because the guy was playing every minute of the game nearly. Um, and he was and he out to put up his teams, you know. He put he had to put up two-third, a quarter of his team's points. And that's why, you know, when he didn't perform, they couldn't win. It was all on him. There was no backseat that could be taken.
1: Yeah, but I mean... Like he's playing with guys who are competent basketball players. If you can set them up, you could average more assists per game, especially a guy who's going to take that much of a burden from the defense. He's like, hey, going to shoot 20 shots a game. So whereas if you were to take more of the LeBron's approach, shoot a little more efficiently, find a couple guys open for threes, then things are a little bit different.
2: We didn't have any guys that were shooting, you know, more than two, two three attempts per game from behind the arc, which is why Iverson was shooting over four attempts you know, throughout the playoffs, which is something he hadn't done. And the injuries, too, um, you know, going into the playoffs, you know, Aaron McKee couldn't, had to start over Eric Snow, who was the start of that whole season. Um, and even then, Aaron McKee was still injured. Uh, George Lynch, who was starting, um, was sidelined by, uh, for the finals. Tyrone Hell had to start. Um, you know, the, both teams were scrappy, you know, there were, there were a lot of no-names. But I think Allen Iverson's team, the lineup was different nearly every
1: night. Can that be said about the Cavs? I mean, sure. You're right. LeBron had more consistency in his roster. But I think you have it backwards. You're saying that guys were only shooting two shots from behind the arc a game, which is why AI had to shoot four. I think it's the other way around. Because AI is just pulling jumpers and shooting seven for 22, there aren't shots for other guys to take. That's my point is that, yes, LeBron would score less because he – was a little bit more efficient about it. And he went about his game a different way, getting other players involved. But we've seen, like we talked about in that Pistons series, that when he needs to step up, he absolutely can. And again, that's the other part of this argument where I think if you look at the rosters and you look at what the supporting cast on each team did. I think it's pretty objectively clear how it was worse for the Cavs. And then on top of that, LeBron was able to step up when he needed to go say, all right, I'm the guy. I'm going to go get us 25 straight and get us all the way, propel this team to the finals. He could do that too which is why I think it's pretty clear uh, that that Cavs team and taking them to the finals is one of the most impressive feats that we've seen.
0: I do think that adversity is definitely something that needs needs to be taken into consideration a little bit when talking about which was more impressive. I know that Harrison kind of mentioned this at the beginning, but we haven't really touched on it since. The Sixers were about to trade AI before the season even started. Him and Larry Brown were butting heads so much that they were able to put their differences aside and ultimately make a finals run. I know you mentioned the injuries as well, the changing roster, the changing lineup. So I do I do agree that uh, I do agree that LeBron might have had the weaker roster, but when you look at the adversity side of things. I think that definitely this what the Sixers overcame to get to the finals. the The problems the roster had, with the problems they had with the coach, it definitely is it, that in itself is, is is another impressive feat to consider.
1: I mean, sure, yeah, and like can't under uh, the problems with the coach, there weren't really any that we knew about for that Cavs team. But let's be clear that some of the problems that that roster faced, they fixed by, and some of the injuries that they faced, they fixed by trading for All-Star, Hall of Famer, Dikembe Mutombo. So it wasn't like they were completely just parts that they threw together. And yes, it was a different roster all the time. And yes, there were interchangeable parts, but they some of the ways that they were able to deal with some of that was by bringing in incredible star talent um, to help support AI that LeBron never had.
2: One incredible star talent.
1: Right, which is one more than the Cavs
0: team had, so...
1: All right, all
0: right guys i think uh, we're starting to get close to close to the end of the debate here so i'm gonna give each you guys one last opportunity to, to plead your case so brad why don't you start us off for the last time tell me why what lebron did with the 07 Cavs is more impressive than what ai did with the 01 Sixers.
1: yeah so we i mean we said it all here but i would challenge anybody listening to this to go and look up the roster for that team and just look at some of the numbers and statistics, and even just the names, the guys that LeBron had to play with. So it can't overstate that that Sixers team also had a pretty bad supporting cast. Yes, they had other things going on, but I challenge you to look at the numbers and you'll see how much worse that Cavaliers roster was and how much more LeBron had to do. And then I challenge you to look at some of the things he did that year and some of the teams he beat throughout the playoffs and some of the performances he put on to beat those teams in the playoffs and how consistent and efficient he was able to do it at such a young age in a town that hadn't won any kind of sports title in who knows how long. So um, everything we talked about between who had the worst roster and the more impressive individual performances, I think it's pretty clear it's LeBron for both.
0: All right, Harrison, take us home. Why is what AI did in 01 more impressive than what LeBron did in 07?
2: Uh, So, you know, to wrap this all up, I want to say Allen Iverson's 2001 campaign was one of the most iconic single-season performances of any player of all time. And, you know, it's, it's, it's no question, you know, why he received uh, MVP. Uh, and you want to look at it, you know, LeBron James got no votes. It's seasons like this and performances like that game one uh, of the finals. People like LeBron James to call Al- Allen Iverson the pound, pound for pound goat. Um, Allen Iverson had a ragtag team of guys, you know, if you want to say the Cavs had, you know, random roster. Kevin Ollie, you know, you might think of him as the UConn head coach. He got minutes in that NBA Finals, um, Rajah Bell. Um, so, you know, despite facing the numerous injuries throughout the season, both Allen Averson himself and the team, at 165 pounds, he led the Sixers through the Titans of the NBA, Ray Allen, but he ultimately came up short to the Lakers with Shaq and Kobe, um, who had gone to win the Finals the following season. Um, and a season of such really can't be compared um, to LeBron. It, I think the 2007 finals performance by LeBron is one that even he would want to forget about. Uh, these were two fourth year players, and one was clearly ready to lead the team and be the face in the NBA, and one wasn't. And Allen's ultimate pitfall, kind of like you pointed out, Brad, was that he couldn't play with other scorers. Um, you know, maybe if he was able to play with somebody like Larry Hughes, Mellow, Stack, he would have had a finals. But so what if?
1: That's a what guys. Whatever isn't part of the voting, don't forget
0: that. <laughs> this is an argument that I think many uh, – this is definitely a great argument between both of you guys. Thank you for offering your interesting points, your interesting takes. But now, again, fans, the debate now shifts to you. Make sure to click the link in the Your Take Podcast bio at Your Take Pod on Instagram and Twitter and Your Take Podcast on Facebook to have the opportunity to cast your vote for who won the debate between Brad and Harrison hope you guys all liked listening to this debate we'll have more debates more episodes coming in the coming weeks not exactly sure what the upcoming topics will be be sure to be on the lookout on Instagram and Twitter for what the upcoming debate topics will be we got some ex- more exciting debates more exciting things in store coming up in the coming weeks finally if you want the opportunity to come on the show and debate your hot takes and your hot opinions like Brad and Harrison just did DM me on Instagram or Twitter at your take pod or comment on upcoming debate questions I'll be posting the comments with the most likes, the ones we find the ones that I find the most interesting, I'll reach out to you and invite you onto the show to debate your take. So thank you, Brad and Harrison, again for this fantastic debate. And I'm looking forward to the to the more that we have in store in the coming weeks. Hope you guys all have a great night.